Live in each season as it passes. Breathe the air, drink the drink, taste the fruit, and resign yourself to the influence of the earth. From Henry David Thoreau, 1817 to 1862. Hello everyone, I'm Rob McCall and this is the Awanajo Almanac, devoted to feeling at home in nature and breaking down the wall of hostility between us and the rest of creation. This is the Almanac for May 17th to 25th, 2019. We're coming up on the full flower moon. And here are some natural events. Henry David Thoreau went to his reward 167 years ago this past week. For 11 years, our family lived in his hometown of Concord, Massachusetts, where they pronounced his name Thoreau, not Thoreau. Our children swam at Walden Pond. We lived in Harrington's farmhouse, mentioned in his journals. We visited his grave. We walked the woods and fields. He walked. We even fancied one dark night that we heard Thoreau and Emerson chatting while walking past our house on the way to Harrington's mud hole. Thoreau was a living presence in those days. Since his death, he's been considered more a poet than a scientist, but that's been changing over the past few years. It turns out that he was practicing the science of what is now called phenology by carefully recording in his journals the dates when various flowers came into bloom and trees and shrubs came into leaf in Concord between 1851 and 1858. And these careful records have helped modern scientists measure warming trends, calculate the rise in temperatures, and determine that spring is arriving roughly 10 days earlier now in Concord than when Thoreau walked Walden's woods. Here's a field and forest report. Be that as it may, spring is not coming early this year here in coastal Maine. Temperatures are still chilly. There's been some snow in the highlands this week. Even the black flies are holding back a little. But not the dear dandelions. Their sunny faces are dotting south slopes as they do every year. Our nominee for finest invasive species. In the gardens, daffodils are blaring their trumpets. and Tulips are opening their delicate cups. Just like clockwork, male ruby-throated hummingbirds appeared the day before Mother's Day, sipping contentedly at the feeder and fencing aggressively with each other, stalking out their territory before the lady hummers return. The ground under red maples is blanketed with their fallen carmine blossoms. And Norway maples are in full bloom now with bunches of pale yellow-green flowers. And here's some wild speculation. Despite our cool, wet spring, global warming is clearly a real threat, and we can all do something about it. It's fairly common these days to encounter people whose hair is on fire about climate change and the impending conflagration of the planet. 
And we do need alert and alarmed prophets now and then to keep us from becoming too sanguine about things. What we don't need are prophets who condemn as ignorant or blind all those so-called deniers who are unwilling to immediately set their own hair aflame. At the risk of provoking prophetic wrath, I'm going to speculate that it's entirely possible that human efforts to reduce CO2 and other emissions, together with Mother Earth's own eternal resilience and ability to regulate her climate, will eventually bring us through this change and out the other side into a cleaner and healthier world. And how much more peaceful that change could be if we quietly took it upon ourselves to be the change and not beat others over the head to do what we think they should be doing and not wait for someone else to solve the problem. Why not ask ourselves these questions? Have I cut down or stopped eating meat, especially red meat? And am I eating more local food? Am I heating with renewable energy? Am I planting trees? Am I driving less? Have I stopped burning jet fuel? And if my answer to any of these questions is no, then just do something about it. This way, we can calm down and get busy while feeling empowered to make a real difference with our own lives, not just with our words. Because all that burning hair has got to be heating up the atmosphere, don't you think? And finally, a couple of seed pods for you to carry around with you. The first from the Gospel of Matthew. How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck of sawdust out of your eye, while there is still a log in your own eye? First, take the log out of your own eye, so you can see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And from Henry David again. Not only must we be good, but we must be good for something. Well, that's the almanac for this quarter moon, but don't take it from me. Go out and see for yourself. <laughs>